Welcome back to your haunted holiday. This is Lindsay. And this is Lisa. And that sounded strange, but this is another mixed up episode. I love it. I'm excited for this one because I was inspired. I was randomly scrolling my social media feed and saw this article about this new hotel that is opened at a true bucket list location for me, whether it is haunted or not. But the cool thing is there's really interesting history here and it's totally haunted. So it's a win. So this is going to be the most extravagant location we have ever covered. Ooh, that's exciting. Uh, it is a bucket list and I am so excited for this one. So I had to share it with you guys. I was inspired. I said, Lisa, I've got an episode. So here we are with another mixed up episode. This is your haunted holiday in Versailles, France at the Palace of Versailles. So the Palace of Versailles, which is, it's several miles outside of Paris. So if you're in like France visiting Paris, it's a fairly easy ride, I think, out there in order to visit this location. This palace is just massive, okay? It's it's huge. In fact, the grounds themselves are also massive. There's uh, some stats that show the gardens themselves. The, so this palace is just beautiful. They have all these amazing gardens. It's over 30,000 acres of just gardens. Wow. I had taken an art history class years ago in college. And one of the things that always stuck out to me was Versailles gardens and how they were like almost timed. It was supposed, it was meant to be this amazing experience as you walk through them. And this is also on my bucket list. I have never been there, but I would like to just go do a tour. Exactly. And that's what most people do. But I did find that there's now a hotel option. And so that's what made me say, oh my gosh, we have got to cover this because it's exciting. When I started reading the article about the options, which we are going to get into all of the options that you have in order to visit this place. But I mean, it is amazing. I mean, the, so the gardens alone, I, I read that they have 400 sculptures and around 1400 fountains. Ultimately, this place was built back in 1623. It was built originally as a royal hunting lodge. I'm pretty sure it was Louis Thirteenth that actually did the original building. And it was converted to the palace, more like it's known today, by Louis XIV. And that was done in 1682. So by then, some of the, some of the government was run through this palace. But ultimately, it became a palace to the royal family between 1682, when Louis XIV really built it up and made it this grand, amazing place that it is today, all the way up until 1789, when King Louis XVI and his wife Marie Antoinette were basically dragged out of that place and returned to Paris. I'm going to get into some really brief history, but, but the reality is, that there's a lot of tragedy that occurred right there in the palace. There's also, think about the linkage that people had over the hundreds of years that it was occupied and built, right? This is just such a cool place. 
I also think if there's any place that ghosts are going to vacation at, this would be it, <laughs> right? So who the heck knows what else is going on? Ultimately, you know, it was converted. The big story, though, is around the French Revolution. I'm going to get into it a little bit, but I'm not going to deeply get into it because, guys, this could take hours if we wanted to really dissect the French Revolution. But but I'm going to give you the gist. So it began in 1789, like I mentioned earlier, and France was in a bad spot financially. There was extravagant spending. Marie Antoinette was said to be living in that palace, like living the life, wearing these amazing outfits, spending tons and tons of money. While at the same time, there was a terrible winter. There was just a really bad series of events. But along with just bad spending habits, bad economic policies. The rich paid no taxes, while poor people paid all of the taxes and funded their lifestyle, right? And when it came down to it, where where inflation got so terrible that a loaf of bread would essentially cost you about a month's salary in some cases, right? Women were unable to feed their children. Mm-hmm riots kind of began this is the short version there was like the storming of the bastille and all of this because they wanted gunpowder and that's now a national holiday there in france it's a big thing a history professor once said kind of made an interesting point of you know when you have women who cannot feed their children get ready for problems and get ready for revolution um, because that's exactly what happened here yeah i mean that is a powder keg getting ready to explode Exactly. They're living the life behind the palace gates. And here's all these folks starving, can't feed their kids. It's actually known that I think it was called the Fishwives. They, you know, kind of gathered and they started marching from Paris down to Versailles. And this is like a women's march that happened back then in 1789. And it was mainly women in this crowd. Granted, it was diverse. There was lots of different folks in there, but it was a lot of women that that ultimately rallied folks and said we're going to the palace and they were angry you know they were calling for like Marie Antoinette's death they were ready to kill people and they did so you know they were outside the palace gates for a while so they're out there the crowd grows and over time you know as this crowd grew eventually some folks found an opening in the gate that was unguarded. And so they made their way in and they started hunting down Marie Antoinette. Like they wanted her head. Okay. So they're running through the palace, Marie Antoinette and, and the guards are starting to try to kind of panicking. They're starting to try and like lock it down the best they can. This is a massive location. She supposedly goes running down to find Louis the 16th, her husband's quarters and she's banging on the door. He's not opening it because he can't, you know, there's all kinds of ruckus. She's apparently standing there for minutes, tragically, like thinking, oh my gosh, she's not opening. These folks are going to kill me. And he finally opens the door, gets her inside right before the like truly like murderous women reached her. They would have probably, what historians say is, had they gotten a hold of her in that moment, she probably would have been killed like on the spot. Okay. That had to be terrifying terrifying and, and think I think she had like a couple of kids I don't remember all of those details but like she's with her kids they're gathered they're hiding they're scared meanwhile within the palace tragedy guys death hauntings coming you've got their guards being beheaded and their heads put on stakes 
Okay. And eventually they make their way into the quarters where the where they're hiding, where Louis the Sixteenth and Marie Antoinette and the family they're hiding together, and they take them out of there and they put them in a carriage. They put the heads of their guards on the stakes that surround the carriage so they see, and they take them back to Paris and say, yeah, you're not living in this palace anymore. You're coming back to Paris where the people are. And essentially people say they were, they were basically imprisoned through the rest of their lives that they stayed there in Paris, which was not long because it was a few years later that both of them, first King Louis XVI, and then Marie Antoinette later in time were, were tried for treason against the state and beheaded by the guillotine. Um, and so that's a famous thing that, you know, a guy named with the last name of guillotine created. It was this like execution method that really got out of hand, <laughs> a little out of hand uh, during I, the French Revolution. I was about to say, I think the French Revolution is really known for that guillotine. It's very well known for that guillotine. In fact, as I was researching this, it makes me think we need to really cover a lot more of Paris because you know it has got to be haunted. I mean, there was a reign of terror. Literally, it was called the reign of terror by the leadership of this revolution. It just, there was a ton of violence that was caused by the revolution. Thank goodness the palace was spared and it wasn't destroyed, right? Like, and, and the things in it are still there and, you know, people could have really gone crazy, but they, they didn't in that case. So we have that piece of history still there. And, you know, there was death in those halls. I mean, they killed guards. And then think about the tragic way that the family, the royal family, was dragged out. And so they believe that they still haunt the palace. The guards or Marie Antoinette? Well, I'm going to get into it. So there's a few different theories, including a potential space-time continuum. This is Lisa, and are you ready to embark on the adventure of a lifetime? You've heard me delve into the world of haunted travel, exploring eerie locations, and uncovering spine-chilling tales. And now I'm thrilled to announce the launch of something very special to me, which is my own travel agency, brought to you by Your Haunted Holiday. As our listeners know, I'm not just passionate about haunted travel, I live and breathe it. From researching the most haunted destinations to planning unforgettable journeys, I'm here to make your travel dreams a reality. Whether you're seeking the thrill of a haunted location or craving a getaway to somewhere a little less spine tangling, I've got you covered. And here's the best part, my services are absolutely free. Let me put my travel skills to good use by helping you plan the perfect escape. Simply visit yourhauntedholiday.com and click on the Travel Agency by Lisa link at the top of the page in the menu. So where will your next adventure take you? Let's make it a journey you'll never forget. Contact Your Haunted Holiday Travel Agency today and let's start planning. Your adventure awaits. Okay, 
So as we start getting into the actual hauntings at the Palace of Versailles, I'm going to start by telling you about the general hauntings and things that have been seen there before I get into this space-time continuum thing, because it's a little wild. I'll let you draw your own conclusions based on the story that I'm going to tell you when it comes to that. But first off, yeah, they really think that Marie Antoinette still is there and still haunts the palace grounds. So ultimately, she's been seen in the gardens before. Um, there, I mean, granted, the gardens are massive, right? I mean, like we said, but they also really think that she's usually near this, the quarters called the Petite de Trianon. Probably didn't pronounce that right, but that's where actually she used to live. So it's a smaller quarters within the, I mean, I shouldn't even call it small, even though the, it starts with petite, right? But it's this part of the palace that she lived, okay? And so they, they see her, especially in the gardens around there. They see her in her bedroom. They especially notice dropping temperatures, mists that form out of nowhere, and generalized poltergeist activity, like objects that get that are moved, Somebody mentioned glass objects being shattered without any understanding of why. So maybe there is some intelligence to that haunt. I would be really curious to see if you could get Marie Antoinette to respond to an EVP session or even mm-hmm. like with your K2 meter or something like that. That would be really cool. I agree. And, you know, they mentioned that it seems to be around the bed of her quarters that this happens a lot of the like the temperature drops and the mists and stuff like that but I mean she had a she spent you know a significant portion of her life there and she really enjoyed it as far as we know right I mean she was living it up I mean she had her friends and they just were able to like gamble and party and just live this like amazing life and honestly if you are gonna haunt any place this might be a pretty good one to go hang out in yeah why wouldn't someone once they get beheaded in paris for treason why wouldn't you come back there if you're gonna be a ghost just come right on back to versailles do it right at the palace agree other people think that they've also seen king louis the 16th and he's been seen walking just the halls in general of the palace and it looks almost like he's thinking like in a deep state of thought and then he just disappears So some people are wondering, like, what is, you know, he might be worried about France's finances. You know, maybe this is residual and this was him just kind of walking through. If I ever go here, I'm going to have to look up some photos of him, although I'm sure his portrait is on the wall when you go, right? Like they're going to point out so you know who to look for. Definitely. And I will say compared to the other kings previously, when I looked at their photos, he's definitely more portly, right? Because you're thinking, how are they distinguishing him? I mean, gosh, it could have been Louis the 13th, 14th, 15th. I mean, could have been anybody, you know, right. they might have been wearing clothes that made them look regal, right? I mean, but he does have a specific look to him. So, you know, it's hard to say. It would be good to actually get a witness that has seen this, right? Interesting. But people go through there all the time. You know, this is a museum essentially today. So there's been thousands of people that have walked through these halls and who knows, you know, people may have come across some random things. The other random haunts that people think might be here, 
believe it or not, Benjamin Franklin. People think he might be haunting. I didn't get any specifics around like where they see him or anything like that, but I guess he visited the palace back in 1778. Um, you know, they were very helpful during our revolution here in the United States during that time. That also didn't help their financial situation. Sorry, Louis XVI, but thank you all at the same time. So Benjamin Franklin, they think, may be there too. That yeah. is so interesting. And again, I think it goes back to that ghost traveling back and forth. I wonder if Benjamin Franklin is haunting another location or it could be just residual energy somehow left you know maybe in multiple locations you know it's just interesting to think about it could be but you know i would love to get more specifics on some of this stuff right i i think you know who knows what they saw it could have been a guy that looked kind of like him i mean didn't they all kind of like wear wigs maybe some guy with some round glasses and (laughs) they spotted that i mean who the heck knows that's a good point the other the other two folks napoleon right i mean he was the emperor there right at, towards the end of the revolution and he did spend some time there although he never lived there i don't believe and then charles de gaulle two more famous french figures who they think may be haunting this place i haven't heard any hauntings of like some of the guards that were killed there by the mob but we know that it happened. We also know that in general, a lot of people kind of lived there through the years. And I imagine there was probably folks that died of natural causes throughout the years. So it's just a naturally place. It's a place where natural hauntings could occur. I mean, especially in the 1600s, let's be real. Healthcare wasn't what it is today. So people are more commonly dying back then. Uh, exactly, exactly. And I mean, there were lots of folks there. This is a two over 200 year span that almost, I think like closer to 250 year span that people lived there, even in a house in the US. If you've got a place like over a hundred years old, sometimes you're going, huh, what happened in this place? Right? So yeah, absolute potential for hauntings there along with the potential for some ghost vacationers, like we like to say. So let me jump into this space-time continuum potential at Versailles, okay? And this is called the Moberly-Jordan Incident. And it's based on two women that were there back in 1901. They were there just on a trip to Europe. And their names were Anne Moberly and Eleanor Jordan. One day they were touring the palace and think about it. They're, they're taking a tour back in 1901. This is over a hundred years ago that these two women are doing this and it's documented, right? So they, they decided, Hey, let's make our way towards the petite Trianon, which is where Marie Antoinette's that's her personal chateau. And so while they're wandering through these massive gardens on their walk there, they, they start feeling like, uh, a strange feeling, this feeling of dread and doom. They just don't feel right. And they came across a few kind of weird encounters that they thought were strange. There was one man that looked like he was ill and he had like pox on his face, almost like they thought he had smallpox. They didn't really talk to him, but they just saw him. They thought, well, that's strange, right? Along with him, they saw folks wearing clothes that looked like they were from the 1700s. And they thought, well, that's kind of weird. Maybe people are 
doing a play or who knows, right? And then Anne Moberly saw a woman sitting in a garden sketching just calmly. And then as they continue to make their way, you know, they kind of realize they were lost. But a man comes up to him and says, hey, you know what? You're going the wrong way. So they turned around and started walking back. They never made it to the Petit Trianon like they had planned. It's just so massive. I could see why it would be easy to get lost and not find what you were looking for in that case. So they turn around and they notice as they kind of get closer to where more people are, that feeling of doom and dread kind of goes away. And, you know, they don't really talk that much about how they were feeling. I think it was even several months later that the two women started chatting after their trip. And they said, you know, wasn't that whole thing strange at the Palace of Versailles? You know, we saw those people in those old clothes. And then Anne Moberly says, well, you know what? I never said anything. But she said, did you notice that woman sketching in the garden there? And the other lady, Eleanor, was like, I don't, I, I, this is me prefacing what she said, okay. But I imagine this is what she said, no, I didn't really notice. And so then Anne was like, you know, I think that was Marie Antoinette. So she jumps to a conclusion that that woman was Marie Antoinette sketching in the garden and that those folks were actually from a different time. Like they had walked into a summer afternoon there in the palace grounds, like almost like they had gone back in time but the other crazy thing when they started talking about like a bridge that they walked over even some buildings that they saw when they went back to look I guess I don't know how much they dug into well I think they probably did a lot of research based on what I'm about to tell you but they found that some of those buildings and bridges those weren't even there those were from like the 1700s and had since been destroyed interesting so they actually physically walked over a bridge that was no longer there and everybody was in period clothing i would say maybe they were time traveling maybe they did walk into i mean i don't know yeah i mean maybe they did go into some sort of a weird time travel mode or maybe they also you know you'd think residual haunting they wouldn't come across buildings that didn't exist yeah it's very strange or maybe Maybe. I'm going to just throw this out there. They were over analyzing it and they were lost and they thought, "Ooh, I think that's the bridge we went over. Well, that's not the one here, right? So maybe they started thinking about it and like overanalyzed it almost and actually went over a different bridge. Although I like the idea of of that happening. It's it's an interesting concept. Very interesting concept. So they even wrote a book about it. So, I mean, they probably did do quite a bit of research. You can just Google this, like look into the Moberly Jordan incident. You can find their book. I think it's even still out there. I don't know. There's a lot of folks that theorize that they were, you know, confused and it wasn't really a paranormal encounter. Maybe they were exaggerating. As one of our favorite podcast hosts would say, that is a head scratcher. It is a head scratcher. Yes, we do love uh, the paranormal podcast and uh, with Jim Harold. So yeah, it's a head scratcher for sure. So that's the space time continuum. It sounds like we have a number of different spirits that could be haunting this place, including Marie Antoinette and her husband, the king, and maybe some serious residual time traveling type of thing going on there too. 
So how do you go about getting a ticket, going to visit Versailles? There's a number of ways that you can go about this. The first option I'm going to talk about is like a ticket to get into the palace grounds and go see it kind of like a museum that it is today. The second I'm going to get into, you can actually stay overnight now, like I mentioned earlier, and I got all the details on that. It sounds amazing, but I'll save that for a little bit. The first way, the way that most of us are going to go, including myself, if I ever make my way over to that part of the world, is a way to buy a ticket. And you can just literally go to their website and, and find a ticket. It's really important, though, that you book that ticket in advance and that you select a time frame for when you're allowed to enter the palace, okay? And the palace grounds are open anywhere from 7 a.m. to 8.30 p.m., and it is broken into different locations on the grounds, which are the castle, the gardens, the Domaine de Trianon, which includes that petite Trianon where Marie Antoinette lived, and then also the park, which is a large green space there on the grounds. And each of those open sometimes at different times, but I believe all of them are open by noon. So you also want to plan to go all day if you can. Everything I read was saying, listen, this takes the full day, if not more. So try to book your ticket for as early as you can so you can really get the full experience if this is something you're really into seeing, like I think a lot of us are. So it's actually pretty reasonably priced. And in fact, kids under 18 are free. Oh, and there's even another level. I want to say it's like 26 under 26. If you are in Europe, you can go for free. So there's different levels there. But for U.S. citizens, it's under 18. And it's a different number for those folks in Europe. You can be a little older to go totally free. But the website was clear that even if you're free, like let's say you're bringing a minor there with you, you still need to book their ticket and their time. It's important that you do that. Otherwise, they will not let you in. The most expensive ticket to go see Versailles this way is called the Passport. And you can get one that includes the musical fountain or musical gardens. And this costs 27 euros, which equates to right around $33 right now. So Whoa. listen to this later. Yeah. That's super reasonable. And I would totally do that because that garden situation is what I learned about. But also, I mean, just the inside of the palace is also... Uh, amazing. I mean, and uh, the other thing I would call out is this is not your medieval castle. This is a extravagant palace with artwork and gold. And I mean, it is going to just be amazing. I would imagine. If you have not really looked up Versailles and you don't know anything about this palace and you're listening to this podcast right now, your mind would be blown Okay, let me just throw that out there. I don't think there's anything else out there like it. It is unbelievable. It's bigger than you'd ever imagine. And it's like got priceless artwork and furniture all around it. It's amazing. So if you're into history stuff like we are and knowing that the history of Marie Antoinette and her family hiding from this mob of people who eventually dragged them back, it just to think that this happened there. It's so cool. If I ever make my way, way to Paris, this is definitely one of my top stops that I'm gonna make. 
it's on my bucket list, whether I'm looking for ghosts or not looking for ghosts. Absolutely. And so that's the most expensive ticket just for a day pass is 27 euros. Very reasonable. You can get a passport ticket as well that just doesn't include the fountains, the musical fountains, I should say, or the musical garden for 20 euros. I don't know what all the musical stuff entails, but it's probably kind of cool, I imagine. And then outside of that 20 euros, there's even more cheaper options if you just want to go see the palace or you just want to go see the, a portion of the gardens. You can pay even less if that's what you wanted to do. If you're someone who maybe has already visited Versailles and you like really want to go back to one of the buildings or one of the places, maybe look at just doing a day pass in one spot. It's cheaper and you can spend more time there but something to think about, you know, so this is a very reasonable option to get you there. You just got to make sure to reserve in advance. Okay. So that's the more equitable option. That's the more reasonable option. But granted, if you're from the U S like me and Lisa, you've got to make your flight over there. You got to book reservation. So it's going to be not a cheap trip if you don't live in Europe already, but at least you can get into Versailles at a reasonable rate. But there's another option that I mentioned, which is the new hotel. And, and I'm going to guess that is not a reasonable rate. It is not a reasonable <laughs> rate. It is out there, okay? Oprah is going there, okay, for all we know. She could she could go there if she wanted to. If you're listening to this podcast and you listen to this, this portion here and you go, yeah, you know what, I'm going to go book that hotel. Hey, we want to be your friend. <laughs> Bring us <laughs> with you. <laughs> go to yourhauntedholiday.com and hit contact us. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's just so cool to even imagine and think about what an amazing experience this would be if that time ever came and we could do this. And the hotel is called, I'm going to totally mispronounce this. It's Airels. It's A-I-R-E-L-L-E-S, Chateau de Versailles. So yeah, I, I'm sure I mispronounced that. It's set within the gates, so it's not like you're staying in the palace, like in the actual castle itself. It's another building that is pretty grand, um, but it's within the gates. It was built in 1681 by a guy named Jules Hardwin Monsart. He was Louis XIV's favorite architect, so you know it's got to be amazing because he created the entire palace, and he's an icon of French classicism. I'm getting a lot of this directly from their website, by the way, guys. This building has had a lot of folks visited, a lot of ambassadors, a lot of elite people over the years, musicians, and people of the Enlightenment is what the website says, which I like because, of course, it's associated with the French Revolution. Their website is literally just arels.com, and they've got a ton of information. This next little bit is a quote directly from the website, and I, I wanted to read it because I think it kind of lays out how luxurious this could be. It says, now more than two centuries later, Le Grand Control has been entirely restored, offering guests an exclusive peek into the world of Versailles, unlock access to the 2,000-acre-strong gardens, retrace famous footsteps, and explore the palace halls and apartments like never before, with 14 sumptuous rooms and suites, replete with period furnishings and fittings for a royal stay, guests are invited to step back in history, but one coupled with contemporary comforts. Nice. It sounds pretty fabulous, and it also sounds pretty pricey. 
Right. I liked that it said contemporary comforts because this is something we always talk about on this show. So obviously they're going to have electricity and running water and these normal things that they didn't have back in the 16 and 1700s. Um, so they've made really, really nice updates. If you look at the photos, I mean, it is beautiful. Okay. And it has all of this what I would call really nice antiques. So like clawfoot tubs. I mean, it is like fabulous. Like this really nice floral wallpaper that I could never pull off at my house. But in this place, you can pull it off. But let me read you guys some of the amenities because this is where it gets really, really interesting. So if you book this hotel, you get privileged access to Versailles and its grounds. You get to explore different part of the palace um, after hours every evening with a private tour. So I'm thinking after hours, ghost hunting, perfect ghost hunting time. And, you know, with your private tour guide, you could probably be like, listen, I'm going to need to pull out this K2 meter. (laughs) You know, they may have never had anyone do this before. If I'm paying that much money, they are going to let me do what I want to do. Well, yeah. And guess what else every single guest gets when they're there? Every guest gets a dedicated butler with no request too big or small. Oh, so then we're really going to go ghost hunting if no request is too big. Yes. I mean, to me, if you go and you have a butler, you need to be like, listen, I need you to talk to our tour guide, please. We are really going to need some after hours time in a haunted location. Like, can we get in that petite day train on? And next to Marie Antoinette's bed. Now, whether they're going to let that happen, I don't know. Don't quote me, guys. (laughs) But I feel like if you get the butler, I mean, you've got to ask. And I bet you they're going to make something happen for you. For sure. For sure. Also, you know, not only do you get uh, a tour of the palace every night, an extra tour, you get access to unseen places that other guests that buy the ticket do not get access to. Every morning that you're there, a private tour guide is going to bring you to the Trianon, the estate de Trianon, every morning. And they're going to bring you into a new room and a new garden because there's so many gardens just dedicated to this one building of the palace every single day. Every morning, you just get a private tour of this. Wow. It sounds pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. You also uh, will get breakfast included by a 20-time Michelin star chef named Alan Ducasse. There's dinner available as well, which sounds amazing. I mean, we're talking gold platters in the palace, Lisa. Like multi-course meals, endless courses on like gold platters. Wow. I'm kind of chuckling because I I hope we have a lot of French listeners, but at the same time this episode, I'm kind of hoping we're not because I know we've butchered a lot of these <laughs> these terms. 100. I know we are the tourists that they are not going to be fans of, but like, hey, we are going to live it up if we go. So they also have, of course, like a mini bar, unlimited drinks if you wanted. They have daily afternoon teas, kind of like what Marie Antoinette used to do. You have access to electric golf carts and boats because the grounds are so big. So you can ride around these gardens in a golf cart. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my. I know. And then you also have yoga, private yoga and fitness classes available if you want private. So you can be like, you know what? Can you send an instructor up to my room for a yoga session, please? Be like, sure. Whoa. That's a lot of amenities. 
Uh, it's endless, Lisa. It is. That's why I said this is the most luxurious place we've ever covered. And they have a spa. So, I mean, if you're one of our listeners that's going to book this, please reach out and let us know. Like, you don't really have to invite us like we joked about before. But we want to know about your experience. If any of you out there have done this or are going to, please reach out. We're so curious. So, now we get into cost. This is where it really comes down to the wire, guys. So, a deluxe room, which is their lowest tier, is... 1700 euros a night so that works out to be around 2070 dollars right now per night for a deluxe room and that includes all of those amenities you know it's out of my price range that's obviously oprah money we're talking about here however it's less than i thought it was going to be considering you're in versailles you have a butler you get this like extravagant breakfast you get private tours they said no request too large I mean, I actually thought it might be a little bit more, even though, I mean, I hear that number and I'm just like, $2,000 for a night? Oh, right. And, and But think, I don't know about, like, what about tips? Like, do you have to, I imagine they aren't you, included. You have to tip the butler. Yeah. Right? So you're looking at more than likely doing some sort of compensation on, on top of that. So I don't know if if you're looking at like, wow, I'm going to go spend my savings on this. Consider the other costs that are going to come into play here. But I agree with you, Lisa. I mean, I think if you're splitting the room, like you could maybe do a splurge on this. It would be a serious splurge. How many people can fit in that room? Two? Two. Yeah, yep, too. And then they have, it goes all the way up. So that's their basic room, but you still get all those amenities. It goes all the way up to what they call the sweet necker at 10,000 euros a night. Oof. That's, yeah, that's over a little over 12,000 US dollars per night that you could stay. And I mean, that it looks really, really nice. But I mean, that's never going to happen for us. Well, <laughs> when we win the lottery, this will be on my list of places. For sure. Absolutely. So yeah, this this place sounds great and you get the option to really, you know, kind of explore the palace, you know, throughout the day and stay there. It just sounds really amazing. So for me, that's a little out of my price range, unfortunately. Hopefully one day I will be able to stay at this amazing hotel on the grounds of Versailles. But I am eventually going to go to Europe and I will most definitely be taking the tour, which is incredibly affordable and I'm really impressed by. This is just one of those places I think you have to go if you if you are in that part of the world. If you decide to go or you know somebody who's gone or you experienced a ghost while on a tour, please reach out to us and let us know. You can go to yourhauntedholiday.com and hit the contact us link to let us know. But also don't tell us just about that. You can tell us any random ghost story. You can send us recommendations of future places that you want us to cover. Also, if you are interested, don't forget to check us out on Patreon for some additional episodes that will be coming out. And also check out our Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Stay safe and healthy. 